Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. It's week 333, 333 of lockdown. I have completely lost all semblance of reality now. But guess what? It's Five Yard Rush and baby, this train does not keep going. It's Tuesday. We're back with you. It's me and Murph, big man. How you doing? Yeah, wait. So the train doesn't keep going, i.e. the train stopped. Yeah, because we've got off the train and we're now on a maglev, which never stops because it's floating <laughs> on rails. See, this this is what I'm talking about. Everybody, the, the train obviously is still going because I'm here talking to you. I've just checked out. <laughs> That's what's happened. I've got off the train and it stopped for me. I, I, I sit there like, uh, I understand. Are we just doing this for fun now? Like what? Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, good to talk to you. Um, after what is probably the strangest bank holiday of our lives. Um, Non-existent, I, I would like to say. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I didn't have to do much work. I did a little bit, but um, yeah, I think it's it's a strange scenario we're, we're all still in. Um, did catch up on some good TV shows, though. Um, and those of you who like box set recommendations, Sunderland Till I Die is excellent, even if you're not a big football fan. Nope. Um Really, really, really interesting. Just uh, it's all about the behind the scenes, right? So it's about the owner and about the uh, managing director and stuff like that, and how they handle the running of the football club. And it's gone for a big change and everything. So even if you don't like football, it's still really interesting. 
Um, plus, it's got a guy who's basically like David Brent. It's hilarious. It's like putting David Brent in a real life scenario. It's it is very very funny. It's, it's just a very very good show. Um, Ozark season three. That was boss. That was really good. I've not seen season um, one or two. Uh, boss show. Very dark. Don't think that'd be an Emma falls asleep uh, kind of show. I think. Uh, but Anna likes it, which is good. And then, um, well, so much. I'll oh, save me two. Nearly done with that. Um, which is the sequel to Save Me, which is also a dark but pretty you, good show. You've cranked out some television, my man. Yeah, uh, just that was the right thing to do, really. Um, we're yeah, it's pretty much what else can you do really during these times? Yeah, watch uh, watch tape, which I've done. Read have, some books, which I've done. Have you seen the latest episode of Tiger King, like the new release? No, I'm saving that, but okay. I will do. It's not really Tiger King. It's somebody else doing a an no, interview. No, it's Gemma Kale. He's doing yeah. a post. It's, like it's really good. Stuff. Everyone said it was boring and stuff. But I think it's really good. It was interesting. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm saving that to go along with Quiz, which is about the coughing major on Who Wants to Be Millionaire. Uh, that aired last night, tonight, and tomorrow night. So I wait till I get all three episodes of that, and then I'll watch that. I don't like to do the traditional thing and then killing eve's back this week in fact you can watch episode one now i think but i'm gonna wait till sunday because i'm like that well we're gonna start watching series one tonight i think of killing eve so boss such a good show definitely yeah, one everyone, of my shows everyone's always said it's good but we've just never got around to it and we've just finished uh the split the bbc thing oh, really good yeah yeah, yeah 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 the first series was good and the second series was really good as well and i imagine yeah we watched that there's going to be a third because the way they left it, there's obviously yeah, more tale to tell. So, but man, look, we're not here to talk TV and BBC <laughs> dramas. We're here to talk football, fantasy football, and everything gridiron related. How about articles this week, man? We've been dropping articles daily at the moment coming into draft season. We've had mock drafts and then your PAS streaming pieces, which, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about later on. Murphy's going to be explaining his PAS metric. And yeah, lots of articles. Got some new writers as well, which is always good. Always on the lookout for more. So if you are listening to this thinking, I'd really like to uh, try my hand at writing and just see what happens. Um, really good thing to do during the lockdown, if nothing else. But yeah, just uh, drop us a, an email, fiverrush uh, at gmail.com and you can do that and uh, join in on all the fun. Um, love to have you. Uh, we're looking for really sort of unique um, perspectives and ideas. I should have guessed where PAS sort of was born from, but yeah, as um, you know, at the moment we've got a lot of mock drafts. The draft is is you know nine days away um, as we're recording this, and um, I guess that's kind of when we get to May first is when we start talking about what's going to happen with you know with the with the with the teams, and we know where everyone's going to be. So lots of lots of things going on. We need more content, so. Uh, this is a great time to, to join in now, um, especially as we start to learn a bit more about what's going to happen for the NFL season and, and things like that. Yeah, there's a uh, guess what? Spoiler alert. Well, not spoiler alert, but drink, Josh. Drink again. For the, you're in lockdown. Why not? I imagine everyone's got a brew on the go right now. Josh is even writing. So if Josh can make time to come write for the podcast, then so can you, Rush Nation. So come get involved. It's, well, he's, uh, he's, got, he's got to finish it first. <laughs> Yeah, well, to be fair, he's now at least two thirds of the way through. I've been talking to him today, but he had a little bit of an error. I I tried to nurse him into using Google Docs, which he has done, but he's only been putting his finalized work into it. And I said, look, if you put everything in there, then you can tweak it as you go and it will save. 
but then he somehow managed to select it, delete it, and then go out of the document. So he lost a little bit of work today from what he did because he was trying to do a word count and deleted it. I'm still not sure how you did it, Josh, but <laughs> well done, sir, for putting it in a Google Doc and starting Crazy. off the right way. Yeah, man. But I've seen it, and I've done a little bit of editing because that's what I do, you know, me, Murph. But it's 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 coming along quite nicely. I, I, props to Josh for trying. So, like I said, if Josh, not if Josh, because the man can write, obviously, but if Josh is doing it, you can do it. We need you on board, Five Yard Rush family. Come get involved. If you've got an opinion and you can back it up with stats, we will certainly listen to that. Definitely. So we've had some reviews, big man. Have we? Or do we need more? Well, I'm on the call for reviews. We need reviews. Rush Nation, we would really appreciate it. If you head over to iTunes, give us a little five star. iTunes or Apple Podcasts? It's Apple Podcasts now, isn't it? It's Apple Podcasts. See, this lockdown is absolutely destroying <laughs> my grey matter. Brain, isn't um, it? Yeah, I need to take up playing chess again. Oh, Rush Nation, there's a challenge. If, uh, if you get yourself a little chess app or a chess fan, let me know via Murph on Twitter at Five Yard Rush that you want to fancy playing me and I'll give you a game of chess because that will get my brain ticking again. Uh, nice. I'll give you a game. All right. I haven't played since I was like 16, but uh, I still know the rules. <laughs> it's like riding a bike. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how I like to see it. So. <laughs> yeah, so do give us some reviews. We'd really appreciate that. Thursday show is going to be an absolute banger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really, really good guest this week. Um, just uh, really excited. Sorry, I had a thing pop up. And it That's really right. <laughs> I was trying to stop it. Bad audio. Sorry for the edit. Um, when you're editing this later, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, we got a really, really awesome guest this week. Um, who's uh, someone whose work I've um, been listening to and now have the pleasure of reading um his monstrous 1200 page behemoth uh scouting profile that's the clue uh we haven't recorded it yet we're going to be recording it on thursday so um really looking forward to to spend some time being emailing him and uh asking him some questions he's got some hot draft takes and i think uh what better way before we do our final draft next week um before the nfl draft uh what better guest we have than the one we've got on thursday talking through um the rookies and and if you have any questions you're listening to this you want to know about prospects um drop us a, a line on twitter um and i will pick the best ones and uh ask him a few I have so many, so good luck getting in front of me, Rush Nation, because, <laughs> spoiler, I control the queue. <laughs> so, yeah, if we agree on a prospect, then you'll probably hear about him. If we don't, then you won't. And no, I'm joking. Of course, we're going to get your guys into the chat on Thursday. Man, oh, man. Let's do some news. And the news is brought to you by helmethouse.co.uk. Yes, Rush Nation, you can still head over to Helmet House and get yourself a signed NFL helmet by one of your favorite players. And if you use the code, is it Five Yard Rush? Yes. Yeah. Use the code Five Yard Rush at checkout. You can get five percent off your order. So deck out those man caves during lockdown or lady caves. That sounds wrong. Deck out those places that are decorated in NFL merchandise over at helmethouse.co.uk. Right. Here comes the news. 
The NFL and NFLPA have reached an agreement on a voluntary off-season program set to start two days after my birthday on April the 20th, but it won't involve on-field workouts until all 32 clubs' facilities can reopen. Yes, so basically this is to stop any kind of competitive advantage. So um, there's probably teams like Arizona and Cleveland that aren't as badly affected as, say, the New York teams. Um, So really it's, it's about not allowing any of the facilities to to open until everybody is safe. Um, that also will give us a more clear timetable as to when football can um, return, if it does return on time. Um, and then when it comes to uh, the virtual stuff, it's the kind of stuff they'd be doing anyways, which is like the classroom learning, the um, reviews of plays and tape and, um, and things like that. So um, it's a way of just trying to get uh, players up to speed it's a way of communicating with players uh, maybe sorting out fitness regimes etc doing the classroom stuff uh, but knowing they can't practice at the facility until um, every city is clear and, and reopened it's safe for every team to have everybody at the facility sounds fair I mean it wouldn't be fair if if somebody had four months advantage on another team would it <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, and and I think on on top of that, I don't think that would have been it would have been that much, but definitely there would have been some sort of advantage. And on top of that, I think it's just a case of it, it gives the league sort of a few more options as to uh, when it's likely to begin. It's like it, it's going to be it, it's kind of giving them a, a sign of okay, well, if it's not safe in one city to open the facility, then we'll know what we'll need to do with the rest of the season. Do we? Uh, shorten it do we push it back or whatever it needs to happen really fair play fair play right cmc went and got himself paid the panthers are signing running back christian mccaffrey to a four-year 64 million dollar extension most i say for fantasy is the most explosive back in the league got himself a decent deal but it has shall we say absolutely annihilated the market going forward yeah, so he becomes the highest paid uh, running back of all time. A um, few things to point out on this. First of all, it's an extension. So he will still be on his rookie contract deal this year. Um, so whatever is going to be allocated to the um, to Christian McCaffrey this year on the cap, uh, the last year of his rookie deal, that's what he'll get paid this year. Um, that four-year $60 million, $64 million deal will start from 2021. Um, we don't know all the details in terms of how many years that's guaranteed or all the structure of that. It is an average of $16 million per year, which makes it uh, the most expensive running back contract of all time. Um, it's interesting to see what they're going to do with, with, with Christian McCaffrey. Um, I would say that it's probably going to be likely he'll probably move to be a wide receiver um, because there's no way I can see him going to age... 30 given the amount of tread he's had at his tires already in the amount of carries I mean he never I think he played like 99.2% of snaps last year um, I don't think there's going to be um, room for him to do that over the next five years um, so I think they've probably given him that contract with a view to him uh, maybe playing in the slot moving forward but um, until we know what the breakdown is and, and when they can get away from that contract we've, we've said it time and time again that running back contracts are a very um, difficult, um, there's a big argument to not pay them because uh, it messes your, your alignment on the cap. And it just doesn't really work out. We've seen it with uh, David Johnson and Todd Gurley, um, Lamar Miller. I mean, the, these are guys were, 
who set the market previously and uh, they never delivered on that second contract. Um, I was actually listening to Andrew Brandt, former um, GM uh, of the Green Bay Packers, and he was talking about a couple of ways in which we could help with running backs. And the first is to remove the three-year eligibility in college um, so that running backs can enter the the, um, NFL quicker. And then also a way of maybe restructuring their rookie deals so that they get more. I think something needs to be done on on running backs because their best years are 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. And that's why it's kind of not advisable to get second contracts for teams because it just never really pans out. But fingers crossed, I hope for McCaffrey it does because he's a, he's a wonderful player and a great fantasy asset. I didn't know you had to have be three years in college. Yeah, it's a three-year eligibility in college, so you have to have played. You have to have done three years, studied for three years. Or yeah, played. yeah. So, um, well, yeah, you could play one year, but as long as you are a junior, you can't basically come into the NFL unless you've you've finished your junior year. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's why you don't get sophomores or anything coming in. Um, the reason why um, is a, and the reason why the NFL have it is for medical reasons. Um, they want. They know how physical the game is and therefore they want um, athletes' bodies to be fully Battle developed. Hardened. <laughs> Basically, well, just if you if you think about um, physical development, that you know, the science says it's around your 2021 20, is kind of when you're about done with your major growing. Obviously, you can still grow after that stage. And um, then there's the battle, the battle, you know, mass and weights and everything that you can do. But in terms of just your physical conditioning really you're kind of done your major growing until you're sort of 2021 so that's why you have to be at least 21 years old to enter the nfl there you have it something new every day every day's a school day nfl (laughs) network's james palmer reported on monday that deandre nuke hopkins has passed his physical pushing his blockbuster trade from the texans to the arizona cardinals that one step closer to being official how do you go about doing that I guess he would have gone to a doctor that would have been approved by the Cardinals. Um, they would have worked something out, I'm sure. Um, it's interesting, really, um, that obviously there's a, a big reason why we're not really getting that second wave of free agents and where the free agencies effectively stopped. Uh, it's because of these medicals, and there's a lot of things that haven't happened, like Togo's Tog- move isn't even official yet because he's not had a physical. There's a lot of things that, uh, still in the wings even a lot of those free agency deals that we covered through the track and we talked about probably still aren't completed because of um medicals uh that need to be done um because it's important you need to check the the physical health but it looks like they've arranged something for hopkins which if he's your sort of top target you, you'd obviously pull out the stops um it's a shame really because if i was below brian with everything that happened i would have found a way to, to tank the deal or reneged on it or whatever to um, you know, because at the moment he is still technically a um, Houston Texan, so there is still a way out if Bill O'Brien can find it. He probably should, considering the flack he's caught for this already, surely, right? Well, yeah, I, I don't know what the recourse would be and the financial penalty to do that, but yeah. I guess the same goes for David Johnson. He's not officially a Texan yet. Uh, correct. Well, I've taken him in a couple of best ball leagues. This, is, this could be terrible. <laughs> nah, I'm, sh- I'm sure it will go through. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So the 49ers announced that they have re-signed veteran cornerbacks Jason Verrett and Dante Johnson, while the Steelers have bought in former XFLR Saeed Blacknell, who is a wide receiver. Is that a depth move, bringing Blacknell in? Or do you think he's going to try and compete with Juju and uh, 
Oh, goodness. Washington and then... Deontay Johnson. Yeah. In all honesty, you don't really know. I mean, listen, I, I do I expect um, Blacknell to to compete for a starting job? Probably not. I mean, he was he was injured in the XFL. And the standard is not what what it is in the in the NFL, right? So he played for the uh, he played for LA, and he is someone who I think he, he looked all right. Like I'm not saying he looked bad. I mean, obviously, I think they brought him in to to work him out and see what he can do. Um, but playing for the LA Wildcats is not the same as playing for the the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so I would say that it's really just to see how he stands. I mean, there's no cost to it. Every team at this stage can have 93 men on the roster, and then they do the the, the cut down. So uh, to 55, I think it is this year now. So they've added extra bodies. So um, it does mean that they can just see he's he's got a lot of pace. He's a, sort of an, an X, so um, which Washington hasn't quite worked out to be that. And I wouldn't say Deontay Johnson is is the quickest player. I mean he's he's quick, but I wouldn't say he's a speedster. So maybe that's kind of why they looked at, at Blacknall, but. It, He's always had a bit of a history of injuries, even in college at Penn State. So, but Dante Johnson and Jason Verrett are good resigns to get those those cornerbacks back on the roster for the 49ers. I think they're they're smart veteran moves. Yeah. So a bit of sad news now. Former Seahawks, Vikings, and Bills quarterback Tavares Jackson unfortunately died Sunday in a car accident in Alabama. That was reported by Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, and Jackson was merely. No, he's only 36, so real sad news there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's bad when you hear people die, especially players I remember, but more importantly, someone who's very close to, to aging me. Um, you talk about a year or so in it. Really sad and tragic. Um, I remember when he played for the Seahawks, he had sort of a full season, and then he, uh, he left. I think he went to the Bills, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he went to the Bills. I didn't play there, and then he came back, and he was Wilson's backup um, at, uh, Seattle when they won the Super Bowl, so um, it's 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 a really sad thing when you lose players, especially that age, and especially in the tragic circumstances. And hope his his family are, are coping with the loss, and um, thoughts and prayers go out to them. Yeah, absolutely. So the Indianapolis Colts, who oh by the way are having a rebrand, just like what seems every other team in the NFL currently right now. The Buccaneers started it, looked pretty ream when it came out. Then the Falcons went and did the complete opposite to the Buccaneers, right? And got themselves awful jersey and rebrand. I mean, what is that ATL all about? I get it. It's the three letters for Atlanta, but come on. It does not belong on the front of your jersey. And then the, the Colts have joined the bandwagon. <laughs> Good one there. See that? A cowboy pun. It was in there. No, I, <laughs> whatever. The Colts have jumped on board as well. They've rebranded a little bit of their writing, got a secondary logo, and they've tweaked their helmet design, I believe. But I really like the second logo because they've incorporated the outline of Indianapolis into the middle of the sea. And uh, yeah, I think it's good. But the Colts, the Colts anyway, they've added a blocker to the stable of running backs since. So they've signed fullback Roosevelt Nix on a one-year deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know really why I put this in there. I was like, well, nah, I, I like Roosevelt Nix. He's, he's a fullback. Fullbacks don't really matter in, in the NFL anymore. Um, He'll probably get like 30 carries this year and that'll yeah. be the end of that. Yeah, unless you're Carl Juszczyk. <laughs> that's, well, that's... yeah, but he, he he's more involved in like the blocking and, and schemes. And I guess maybe that's what they bring Nick's in for. It's quite a forward-thinking move, I suppose. And if, if they're going to use him as an additional blocker, um, the Colts and this for the rebrand, I, I mean, it looks all right. I'm, you can't hate it, but 
it's nothing really, is it? It's not offensive enough to cause any issue if you don't like it. This, it's pretty much exactly the same as it was, just a slight wording. They've changed the logo, the way the wording. I the just font don't get why. Like, there's no need to mess with. There's just no need to mess with things unless things are particularly bad. That's what I don't understand. There's, there's nothing. There was nothing wrong with their logo. You didn't need to mess with it. And it's a second logo. Like, why do you need a second logo? What's wrong with the first one? Like it's. I don't know. I just, I just think it's a thing that you just didn't need to do. And I think uh, you, you look at some teams that, that make these rebrands, it just, it's just not necessary. The Buccaneers did it. Buccaneers fans didn't want the rebrand in 2014. We got it. It's It stunk. So we got basically the old one back, slightly refreshed, and a great uh, color rush jersey. Um, Atlanta shouldn't have messed with their jerseys because they look awful. And at least now everyone knows what the uh, airport code is. <laughs> for Atlanta Airport, because uh, I mean, someone must have been watching. I mean, I love the Carolina Panthers uh, Twitter where they used Adam Sandler from the Longest Yard uh, for the uh, for like a meme and everything they put on the video. That was that was class. Um, I just just don't know what they were thinking. They, I just don't. I don't get. Like, it's fine. Like if I if they'd unveiled that, it's like, oh my god, we're a brand new team or something. I'd be like, yeah, it looks alright, um, but with an existing thing. I mean, there's a reason why teams like the Patriots and the Steelers um, just don't rebrand. They just don't need to. You don't need to. Like, the value is the brand. If you keep changing the brand, it becomes less valuable. You've got the Colts, you've got Johnny Unitas, you've got all that history and tradition. I kind of feel like you're... What are you changing it for? Because you're not doing yourself any favours. Well, all they've done is changed the, the font of the word Colts. They That's pretty much it. And added a secondary logo, which gives them more merchandise production, I guess. That's it. I don't know. I just think it, it weakens the brand personally, but that's me. Well, I'm going to be buying a hat, so for them, it's done well for me. <laughs> <laughs> With your hat collection behind I'm, you. Yeah, this is just. Where's your the... Tampa Bay hat, by the way? I don't have one yet. Oh, I was waiting for the rebrand so I could get a teal snapback. Uh, teal? That's what it's called, isn't it? No, pewter. Teal's blue. Teal could be any colour to me. Literally any <laughs> colour. like a light blue. <laughs> See, there you go. I don't know. Pewter. What colour pewter? Grey? Supposed to be grey? Yeah. yeah. It looks oh, black anyway. But For those listening, Stocks is colourblind. Uh, probably more than any human being I've, I've ever met. That is not... Um, no, no, no. I can, no. That, not taking that. That is a joke. <laughs> Absolute farce going on here. Okay. You're I am, I am quite, pretty colourblind. You're, you're pretty colourblind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to brush um, over this is. On a side note, it's your it's your birthday this Saturday coming. Um, we unfortunately can't have a, a beer together for it, um, but I have ordered you something. Um, I'm not going to lie; I use the uh, promo code uh, Five Yard Rush um, on helmet house. on NFL. No, on oh. NFL Europe. So if you go, if, <laughs> you, if you're looking for an, if you're looking for a new logo, a new, uh, jersey new logo, from NFL are we Europe, rebranding? No, we're not very handy. <laughs> you got me talking about logos. Uh, if you want to buy a new jersey, if you want to pre-order the pewter Brady jersey, uh, like I've done, or anything else, um, you can use the uh, promo code Five Yard Rush on NFLEurope.co.uk, and you get ten percent off your order. Which, if you're buying a jersey, it's eighty quid. That's not a bad little uh, discount there at all. Uh, but um... yeah, I, I've uh, I've bought you something on on NFL Europe. Um, it should be with you. Um, hopefully tomorrow or in the next day or two, um, be before Saturday. Um, and I think for the next video podcast, if it's here before Thursday or if it's here 
the following Tuesday, you should uh, spoiler alert. Something you wear, obviously, it's from NFL Europe. You should uh, you should wear it. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I won't wear it Thursday because that would be opening it before my birthday. So that would nah, be bad fair. luck. But I will wear it next Tuesday on the video show. Nice. As long as it fits. I mean. I hope so. Yeah. Um, I mean, first. I appreciate um, you buying me something, big man. Obviously, you didn't have to. It's your birthday. Yeah. Why, why, why wouldn't you? Um, go have something for your birthday. So hopefully it's something you appreciate and like. Um, but yeah, just wanted to take this opportunity to wish you a happy early birthday, I guess. Well, thanks very much, mate. I appreciate it. But um, yeah, 34, rocking on. Getting there towards 35, right. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know where I'm getting. Thanks for that. Kicking the teeth. I'm not there yet, but very close. Well, it's like a year, less than a year between us. I know. Yeah, kicking the teeth. Crikey. I just don't want to think about being 35. Why? It's just a number. No, it's not just a number. It's literally a number. Age is nothing. <laughs> I feel way older than 34. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair <laughs> right back to the news the Titans coach Mike Vrabel is not the first to use clock management manipulation to his advantage as we saw against the Patriots but his use of the tactic during the playoffs has led to the rule now being vetted by the NFL's competition committee yeah, there's a few rule changes that have been proposed to the competition committee that the owners are going to talk about in the next uh, meeting it was cancelled the first time around um due to coronavirus so whatever i think it's one at the end of this month um or towards the end of this month um so mike rayball did actually what bill belichick has done in the past and the fact that he was uh really unhappy with it was was almost quite funny so what what rayball was doing was he was committing multiple dead ball penalties and what this would do is allow the the game clock to keep moving for a bit and it would actually burn more time off the clock. So I think the play clock is, is 40 seconds. If you complete, if you have multiple dead poor penalties and obviously that kills some clock, um, extra five seconds, 10 seconds here. And then it burns more clock than just the 40 you would do to, to run down a play. So that's why he was doing it. Um, and why players were doing it, nothing major, but just enough to, you know, you burn the yards. If you're just killing time anyway, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, a few other suggestions. The Eagles decided that they are desperate to extend overtime um, to 15 minutes, which took years um, <laughs> to, to get it to 10. So don't know what they're doing. Um, good old Eagles have to just do something massive. They also want to, um, minimize the impact of the overtime coin toss which I, I don't quite know how they're planning to do that i haven't heard the actual um, minimize proposals. the impact yeah basically because if like you get a cushion the... for when it hits the floor or whatever they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be hilarious it, it's obviously because if you win the coin toss in the uh, in the playoffs you have a very um significant uh advantage because if you score a touchdown, you win the game. So like the uh, AFC title game a couple of years ago, hour ahead, where yeah. um, the Patriots scored a touchdown and, and Kansas City didn't even get a chance to get on the field uh, to see what they could do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what they're proposing. Um, they also have asked for a um, alternative to the onside kick. Um, so basically for teams that are trailing, because the onside kick is so ineffective and you pretty much can't do it anymore they want to have for a training team the opportunity to do like a fourth and 15 from the 25 something like that which is similar to what the xfl implemented um i didn't see i didn't see any of the xfl did that work at all did anyone try it i think 
I don't remember anyone actually doing it. it might have done. Um, it's still going to happen often. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, as a kickoff, I think like fourth and fifteen is what I'd say highly makeable. Uh, well, it's not highly makeable. It, there's a decent chance you can do a fourth and fifteen. Um, maybe like a fourth and twenty or fourth and twenty-five. I think would be it's better odds than doing the uh, onside kick, but it's still like goes and because you don't want to make it too accessible and therefore everyone just does it and mm. then just basically get rid of the kickoff <laughs> like you've got to be a bit careful otherwise you could you could have yeah. one team that could nail that so often and then end up um basically not getting the, the ball back so i don't know how that's going to work um so we'll see and then yeah the the one thing that, uh, that they also want to there's a few other proposals that are coming in that they're going to talk about I think the Dolphins proposed one. I've forgotten what it was. Oh, it's, I think um, it's talk about like uh, illegal blindside blocks and things like that. So the load of rules anyway can be discussed. But the one thing that is not going to be back next year is pass interference. Pass interference is gone. Pass interference, well, the reviews. I was going to say, <laughs> this could be a whole different ball yeah. game with no pass interference. <laughs> no, the pass interference uh, re- reviews are, are gone. That's that's just completely gone. That won't, that won't be back. Oh, Sky Judge, that was one I was missing. Sky Judge, um, which was in the AAF a couple of years ago. They're, they're talking about having... Uh, well, they're, they're going to bring it to the table to vote. That's good, because it was very good when it was in the AAF. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was excellent. We talked about it on the pod at the time. Um, something I do hope they do bring in. I think that will help massively. And then finally, due to the impact of COVID-19 pandemic, the XFL on Friday informed all employees via conference call that the league is suspending operations. Yeah, the, the XFL died in the way the AAF did and every other league beforehand has died. Um, it's a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were a bit too gleeful that it's ended. Um, I think it had a chance. Coronavirus obviously put pay to that. Um, but I do think it had a chance to to make it. Um, I wouldn't have said like a high percentage chance, but I, I do think that its viewing figures were decent. Um, it was watchable. Uh, I thought the games were pretty good. I was quite happy to to watch it. Um, so I'm a little disappointed. I do I do think there is room for a league. Um, a development league. We, you know. I think we talked about this with, with Frost Stucker when he was on. Yeah. Um, I do think there's there's a room to to have these players do something, and I think it would be good to have. I still wouldn't mind NFL Europe, World League, something like that come back. I think that would be something, just something extra, just to keep, to get you through. It's a long time. If you think you're talking it's about so beginning long. of February to the end of September, it's just it's just you're talking over half a year. Like it'd be just nice to have something in between, just to wet your whistle and just to to keep going like the world league you had barcelona and you had london you had all these uh frankfurt you know it'd be frankfurt. great to have that back and there'd you know, be some great options there and, and it create, there's a market for it now i don't think you've got a better time to do it than, than now but uh, that's me yeah i mean it, the global league surely is a thing that's going to happen eventually because of how expanding the game is becoming into the world you know everywhere is now you think germany us Canada but then they've got the CFL and then you've got Mexico Brazil I mean we've 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 charted last week in India Poland I mean there's a thirst out there for American football and surely eventually a team almost like the IPL might happen where you get teams bid on players that aren't necessarily in the NFL out of season 
who can then possibly get a role in the NFL the next following season through a format like that. So mm. maybe I've just come the... up with a business, an international business plan, Murph, that we need to implement. <laughs> I don't think we have the hundreds of millions that it would require, but <laughs> I like your enthusiasm. Yeah, but COVID could have driven the price right down at the moment. <laughs> 30 quid. Done. 30 quid. I've, I've, let me get my wallet. I'm there. I'm all over it. Right, Murph. Let's talk about streaming, the concept of streaming, and more importantly, your points against streaming metric. Where do you want to start? Uh, I think to those that haven't read, so if, if you don't know, last year or last season, I wrote a piece or I, an art, a column every week um, talking about streaming and who the best streaming options were that week. Um, to set that parameter, though, the parameters were to pick players that were less than 30% owned, so extremely challenging. Um, and as soon as they hit that 30% metric of ownership, even if I had them or had used them in the past, I had to basically not use them. So Darren Waller, I used week one, week two, and his ownership spiked above 30% and it never went down. And that was it um, for, for an example. So what I did was basically tracked where I finished um, for the season in all um, positions. Um, and if I pull up the, the data here, um i finished with the quarterback two the running back 33 the wide receiver 30 the tight end eight the kicker five and the dst seven after a disappointing week 16 um so what i did is basically <laughs> worked out i was gutted because i went from five to five to seven um, oh. and i i was trending as well like really high for the rest of the season the, the worst one was wide receiver. I actually had the wide receiver uh, 24 going into the final week of the season. And I had Anthony Miller and he got injured and then he got 1.2 points. Yeah. And finished with 107 for the week in week 16. And that burned me six spots. That cost me. That's how close it was. Wow. Um, but that's what happens, right? That's the, that's the game. So um, what I did was charted this and then worked out what I was getting on a, on a points per game average. And then what I did was create a chart um, and a metric that basically looked at all the players um, who on a points per game basis, um, as long as they played a sort of a minimum amount of games. So I think I, six was the absolute minimum I would allow. Um, then we'd work out what they got, what their points per game average was and how their points per game worked against my streaming model. And then that got a points against streaming. Um, so I was looking to understand who finished with positive uh, points against streaming scores, uh, ones with negative uh, points against streaming scores, but then more importantly, how effective were positions? So how scarce were those positions uh, on a points against streaming basis, on a points per game average, and to work out where the value was in streaming positions versus ones where you had to heavily invest in the draft um, and then maybe stream um, to fill some depth. So that was the kind of purpose for uh, where this all kind of grew and as of right now um, there's uh, it's in a series so five parts of it have been written one uh, a summary um, then one to explain what PAS is in, in more detail um, and then uh, I've done uh, quarterbacks running backs wide receivers and tight ends is about finished um, literally finishing touches um, should be out what did we say in Thursday yeah, or, or Friday, whatever. We got, we got. Basically, the week is full of articles to go out now, so it it just depends when you get ready. I mean, mine, mine's ready. I just need to format it, but that's a a couple. Of, well, I say a couple. Of, it's probably going to take me longer than that because it's 
a lot of words. And then uh, one of our new writers, Mr. T. Scott, has got a article pretty much in the pipeline as well. So it's it's a race to get Probably finished, Thursday. Murph. It's a rough race well, to get finished. <laughs> Well, yeah, like I said, I'm almost done. Just a couple of little bits and it'll be done and formatted. Um, so tight ends will be done. Then it's just down to kickers and and, and defences, which will be done in the next couple of weeks. Um, can I can I interject quickly? Yeah. I think what we should do before you dive really deep into PAS is if you are a new listener and you are new to the Rush Nation family and you don't know what streaming is, streaming is essentially picking up a player off of the waiver wire or free agency pool if your waivers have cleared during the week and replacing somebody on your roster with that waiver wire ad or free agent so when Murph talks about streaming he might have picked up Anthony Miller let's use him as an example because he mentioned his name and you've gone and dropped Deshaun Hamilton let's just say for instance and you picked up Miller to play as your flex or a wide receiver if you need help on a bye week so yeah streaming is the art of picking up and dropping players on a weekly basis for a roster spot that you don't necessarily need filled so if you've got a guy you think is going to explode at the beginning of the season and yet five weeks in three weeks in even let's say has done nothing for you there's no point in holding on to him in case he goes off because let's face it if he hasn't gone off in five weeks the chances you're actually playing in week six thinking oh this could be the week is unlikely when you've got people like Murph myself the rest of the fantasy football community who put waiver wire articles out and especially at quarterback tight end DST kicker as Murph has told us and we'll go into more detail if you can stream somebody who is a point above the players that you would have i.e the PAS streaming system you're going to be scoring more points and eventually winning your games so streaming is an important art of using players off the waiver wire and free agency pool to better their roster yeah, exactly that. And it, it goes into roster construction. So the whole point is to look at how to build an optimal roster. And then you start to realize actually where you do need to invest and what the pointing at streaming metrics work out per article or per position is actually position scarcity. So mm-hmm. in terms of how difficult it is to stream certain positions off the waiver wire. Um, and if that's the case, how do we combat that? And what do we what do we do? um versus and it is about drafting so we, it all goes back to drafting it goes back to the very beginning um if you know you've got viable options that you can pick up off the waiver wire do you need to invest a high value draft pick in order to get that position when you've got a viable streamer that you can pick up and that's ultimately where all of this comes from so it's a way of changing your perspective of how you view drafting but then more importantly it's how to gain a significant advantage through the season so um, I talked about last week on in the articles and, and do go and read them on firerush.co.uk um, with wide receivers that actually because the position is is so deep but yet it's also scarce in terms of top talent actually one way to get an advantage is rather than just to sit in there holding players hoping that they come good is actually just to stream a, a couple of bench players um, on the grounds of if they then hit, you're more likely to get a top 30, top 25 wide receiver than you are just having someone who's just on your roster who you're hoping is going to come good, but actually holds no value until they do. Uh, it's the same way with handcuffs. Handcuffs serve a purpose, um, especially towards the end of seasons where injuries yep. are high. But actually with wide receivers, the position is so deep that you don't need to have a handcuff wide receiver. You need to think about who you can stream. Um, and in the article, I'm not going to go into all this detail in it, otherwise it would leave the point of reading it. 
Um, but a lot of people don't like low-powered offenses. You hear this all the time. I don't really want Washington or the Bengals or you know whoever were, were poor uh, offensive teams last year. But actually, there's merits of matchup streaming, and that's something I talk about in the article. And actually, you can look at those and decide if that's something that's worth going into uh, play. And when you you look at that, and I give some examples in in the wide receiver piece, you actually come out ahead. Um, by doing matchup streaming and actually you can gain a significant advantage by looking at the matchups because after a certain amount of weeks, we know who the good offenses, but more importantly, who the good defenses are and actually playing a wide receiver two in a good offense against a really good defense is not as good as playing a wide receiver two in a not so good offense in a, against a really bad defense. Yep. The key. So that's kind of some of the things to, to look at that streaming will present you that if you have that flexibility on your bench, you can, pick up additional points through the season and it will it will equate to wins i'm convinced of it well it did for you man your your strike rate getting to the the big dance and winning was pretty big uh yeah it was it was good last year uh, playoffs was about 87 percent of leagues that we played in um made the playoffs and um yeah nine nine titles from from 36 so you know 25 percent of my leagues i won um there's obviously elements of, of luck in that. Um, and, you know, there's elements where I gave myself the best percentage chance to win. Um, and that's what streaming allows you to do. So I think the the reason we're talking about this is it is so early to talk about it, but we're, we're going to, you know, the, the articles are there to, to read and whenever it's the right time for you to digest that information. Um, it's definitely worth going back and doing because, if you can get your head around streaming and the advantages it can give you, the advantages are, are massive, but what it will also do is tell you where you need to invest your draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will just help you alleviate errors or minimize them as much as possible. You know, if you pick a player, let's say for example, you pick, um, here's a good example, Josh Jacobs in the third round, fourth round last year, right? So, so people would have picked him. It would have been a great pick and he gets injured that's that happens that's you you can't prevent that it didn't stop it from being the right pick at the right time it just it didn't pay off for you at the end um that really happens he had no real injury concerns there's nothing you could have really done wrong there but if you'd taken oj howard there that pick's a disaster Uh, it's an absolute car crash (laughs) if you took him in the fourth fifth sixth seventh in fact if you drafted him at all last year you you really kind of messed up yeah um and you couldn't really see that kind of decline happening, but the way that roster construction goes, especially if you're reading the streaming pieces is actually, did you need to make uh, a tight end pick there? And is that really the smartest thing that you could have done? Um, whereas investing in an extra wide receiver or an extra running back could have yielded you a much better return, especially if you look at some of the players you would have got in the, the fifth round last year uh, of, of running backs, you know, there were some some extremely good players. Um, I'm just going to pull up here who you could have got in the fifth round. So these are fifth round players you could have got last year, both wide receivers or running backs. T.Y. Hilton, Tyler Boyd, Calvin Ridley, Philip Lindsay, uh, Miles Sanders. They're all pretty good. Williams, sixth round, Austin Eckler, yeah. Hunter Henry. Yeah, <laughs> obviously Hunter Henry right. injured. Baker Mayfield, A.J. Green, Jarvis Landry would have worked out. D.J. Moore worked out for you nicely. Guys got injured. Jared Cook would have worked out nice at tight end, I suppose. Um, yeah. But 
one of the rare exceptions. Um, Alshon Jeffrey didn't really work out. Um, but that's my point is, is, is looking at, and I go into this more detail in this week's article that's coming out um, Thursday, um, is thinking about where you need to invest it and what, what the round per cost is and therefore what's the overall cost. So if you're going to take a tight end in the second or third round, what are you giving up? More importantly, do you come out ahead? Now, it's not an exact number because you could hit all your draft picks in every round and you'll win. But what if you don't? And you just look at the averages of if you were to draft a play in this round, what would the drop be per round? Um, so dropping an extra round on wide receiver, an extra round on running back, you would need to do to accommodate the quarterback or tight end you would take. What's that going to cost you? Um, if if And then versus what the value of streaming or picking up a late option in the in the draft is. Um, and that's kind of where I, I'm looking to go to give you different options because a lot of people know to draft tight ends or draft quarterbacks late, but some people still go and invest in very early rounds. Um, you're just basically leaving points on the board. And that's the, if, if you get, I mean, people look at like, oh, well, I've got the elite quarterback uh, as, as i've sort of talked about uh, time and time again in this podcast it doesn't always work out like that there's always injuries there's always things and, and that replacement cost is just it, it's minimal i can go and get the next guy and i'm not going to lose that much but actually yeah. the replacement cost from picks wise is massive whereas if i lose cmc from my roster i'm done because the, the running back i'm going to get to replace him if i'm lucky enough to get his handcuff but let's say i can't get his handcuff because his handcuff's picked up I can't fill that hole in my roster. I can fill a quarterback hole and I can fill a tight end hole. I cannot fill a running back or wide receiver hole in my roster. And if I'm pushing those players down on my draft in order to take other positions, that lowers what I get in each round and it lowers the quality of the player I get. And then it requires me to get lucky with my pick. Um, You know, last year you could have gone Travis Kelsey in the second round and then you could have got Henry in the third, Godwin in the fourth, and that would have worked out like a dream. But you could have also gone David Montgomery and Antonio Brown. Or OJ Howard in the fourth, you know, that was a thing. Or OJ Howard. But yeah, that's what I mean is in certain positions in fantasy football, quarterback, um, kicker, tight uh, tight end, and, and DST, you can replace pretty much their production. Maybe not entirely, but you can at least plaster it. Losing your QB... And losing your, and I'm talking about standard one QB leagues here or standard yeah. leagues. I'm not talking about uh, even PPR. I'm just not talking about not your premiums, your Titan premiums or your super flexes or anything like that because there's so much depth. And that's kind of what PAS um, describes. If I talk about quarterbacks, for example, so quarterbacks um, last year, Lamar Jackson, you know, smashed it. You know, he beat my stream model by almost seven points a game, 6.95. The, there were six quarterbacks that beat the stream model. The other five, Deshaun Watson was second. He didn't even beat the stream by a point a game. So basically, Lamar was the only man who beat the PAS metric, really. With any real convincing. Yeah, like He was the only one that gave you an advantage. Exactly. And, you drafted him, and where were you drafting him last year? 12th, 13th, 14th round? Yeah, you're never going to be able to predict the quarterback one. I wonder how many times the quarterback one off the board in fantasy has been the quarterback one at the end of the season. It's not often. I think it's twice in the last 10 years. Well, there you go. So okay. it's, it's, it's not often. Um, Deshaun Watson was second. He beat my PS stream by 0.93 points per game. So over the course of the year, he beat, he beat me by 20 points over a season. That's Which... not going to make the difference of whether I make the playoffs or not. No, 
and and when you think you could gain that from streaming elsewhere as well, you know, your tight end DST could score 20 points easily on a week if you're streaming correctly. Exactly that. So uh, that's that's kind of my point. Tight ends is is slightly different. Um, so for example, the the big three tight ends last year were Kelsey, um, Kelsey Kittle, and and Ertz. Um, Kelsey beat the stream by seven point six nine points per game. Kittle beat the stream by six point nine six points per game. Ertz beat the stream by five point four seven points per game. There was Austin Hooper between them who beat them by six point eleven. And that sounds really quite significant. You can go, okay, so streaming tight ends might not be um, a good thing. But if you were streaming tight ends, you didn't invest in tight ends early. You could have picked up Mark Andrews very late or free in drafts. Um, or Darren or Waller off the waivers. Way or Darren Waller. So, for example, Mark Andrews beat the stream by um, 4.91 points per game. Uh, he was someone that you could get going into the opening week of the season on waiver wires in most leagues. Yep. So if you didn't invest in the position, you're giving up 2.7 points per game to, to Travis Kelsey. Um, that's not going to cost you because you're going to you're going to make that back through the wide receiver or running back that you took. Same goes with Darren Waller. He beat the stream by 4.72 points. The, the reason they beat the stream by that much is when you get to sort of week eight in the season, it becomes much harder to stream the position because all the starters are kind of there. The injuries have kind of all worked out and that is kind of all sort of evened out. But if you were streaming in the first few weeks, you would have landed a Mark Andrews, a Darren Waller, um, Will Disley slash um, Jacob Hollister. Uh, you would have ended up with Tyler Higby towards the end of the season. And all of those would have carried you through. Um, I talk about a scenario where in the league I had Darren, um, I have Darren Waller and, and Tyler Higby, who both of which I picked up for free. And they um, they would have equated to the tight end one if I played them in the right weeks. Um, How interestingly, I don't suppose you know this, but you picked Waller up in what, week one or two? Or even week three, maybe? Uh... Either before the season or, or week one, yeah. Okay, so prior, prior to starting leads. But there's even week one, week two, he was still under 30% owned. So let's say you picked him up at the beginning of the season and then would you have necessarily played him every week or would you... Because once you've got Darren Waller locked in, say, as you're not going to still stream him, are you? If you pick up someone as as someone like Waller who goes off exponentially, you're not expecting that from your streamer. But if you see, well, actually, we think Waller's now going to be up there in the top tier of tight ends, are you likely to stream him again? Or, or... well, yeah, you would have had to with Waller towards the end of the season because he was he was up there, he was up there, he was up there, and then towards the end of the season, uh, he really sort of tapered off. Um, and wasn't getting the touchdowns that he was getting early on. Um, so someone like Higby came about and was someone that you could have had real success with over the last five games, um, which would have been really handy if you lost uh, Austin Hooper around the time that time Higby went off, which was a scenario that happened. Um, and I guess that's that's kind of the point of streaming is you've got to be a bit flexible. Um, lots of people draft too many tight ends. That's just a fact. A lot of people draft two tight ends, three tight ends. For me, if I had if i let's say you do invest and i personally don't subscribe to the theory that you need to draft a premium tight end but let's say you do if you then draft another tight end in your in your league and you have them sitting on your bench it's an absolute waste you you just you're just using up a bench spot you don't need to mm-hmm. so drafting a second tight end when you draft a premium one makes zero sense oh but what about bye week cover well if you have flexible streamers on your roster and especially on your bench, you just cut someone and you just pick up a tie-in for the week. 
it's it's not a big deal my point is it's just where you invest your draft capital because every round is important even the last round so every important um so investing draft capital in a spare tight end if you've got a premium doesn't make sense drafting two three tight ends doesn't really make a lot of sense the only way you would take two tight ends is if you take two tight ends late so if you'd taken a, a mark andrews and uh darren waller for example that would have made sense if you'd taken um austin hooper knowing he'd be quite flat and you'd gone with like a carl rudolph and then realized carl rudolph's not doing anything you cut him by week two week three and then you go get you use it as a flexible streaming option um in your bench spot all of that kind of makes sense um i'm not saying don't draft two tight ends but i'm just saying if you draft a premium one it doesn't make any sense at all and if you don't then fine it's worth having two but once you've kind of got one that's performing to where you kind of want it to you don't need to hold the second one on your roster you just rotate it out and you just use it and you maybe pick up another tight end and be flexible but you could use it as a wide receiver spot you can use it as a running back flex spot and if you follow the streams that articles that i put out and you're streaming the wide receiver 30 people think that's not great but there's 70 odd wide receivers that go in a draft so i'm beating over half of them just with a stream so if you're streaming what i stream every week which i publish you'll do better than over half the wide receivers that are drafted i'm not saying don't draft wide receivers because you still need to have them on your roster you should ideally have five or six but by doing that they're buying into the chances of people breaking out but if they don't just don't hold on to them people held on to anthony miller far too long they saw what he did at the end of the last season he did absolutely nothing for about 10 weeks and then he broke out towards the end you could have got him back off waivers um people held on to john ross hoping he was going to come back from injury and be fire and he wasn't because teams adjust you have to move as it moves but you can't just hold a roster spot and go, oh well when he turns up in six weeks he'll be great one that's not ever guaranteed but two what are you doing with your bench spot for six weeks it's just doing nothing yeah and they're, um, they're the kind of guys who you hang on to with a hope and a prayer and think oh someone like Devonte, no Devonte parker is is on the waivers but you know he's not been great so the chance of him popping off on a on a double week you know what parker only does is he only ever goes off once I mean, we've got the famous story of picking his only week two years ago, and we'll hang on to that mantra till the day we die. But last season, Devontae Parker turned up in a big way. And if you didn't put a claim in for him because you thought, oh, Anthony Miller or John John Ross was going to be the guy in a few weeks' time and Parker was only going to have one good week, well, then you missed the boat, my friend. And, and listen, I missed the boat on Devontae Parker last year. I didn't get him anywhere. Uh, no, neither. I did, but I didn't buy into him. But that's okay. I, I still picked up other streamers that were just as effective. Um some some late season streamers I picked up were let me give you some examples here of what I picked up late on waivers. Uh fits for his last two weeks of the season that were fantastic. Um I picked up uh, Raheem Moster in week fourteen. Uh oh. he finished as the running back four. Um I finished with Anthony Miller in week fifteen was the wide receiver four. You know, Ryan Griffin, uh, he had 16 PPR points, finished as the tight end seven, which isn't fantastic, but six, 16 fantasy points is, is pretty good. Um, these were all pretty late into the season, as a sort of mentioning. Uh, there's a load of players I picked up here, sort of late on. I had Darius Slayton one week, and he got um, 21.1 fantasy points as a wide receiver 11. Um, these kind of performances happen. Um frequently it's just about trying to find when they do and, and being smart about it yeah i think what i've learned from this series and reading your article so far and the chats we've had and stuff off air and on air and is 
I think drafting coming up is going to be a lot more wide receiver and running back based early on, casting my net as wide as possible and then taking a quarterback, tight end, DST and kicker later on, thinking that I could possibly replace these guys week one or week two or even stream them for the whole season, maybe catch some stardust at some point like Derek Waller, uh, Darren Waller, sorry, or even... You know, there were some leagues where Lamar Jackson just wasn't drafted because people mm. a weren't switched on. And you think, well, if you turn your, if you gain a couple of sort of ten, twelve receivers, round receivers or running backs, that late running back that no one thought was going to go off, but did, or a wide receiver, rather than a tight end who wouldn't really matter. If you think you're going to week one with a couple of waiver claims, and suddenly you manage to get Lamar and. Darren Waller because people aren't switched on or you you decide well I'm going to smash 80% of my fab on these two guys because I think they're going to be it all of a sudden you've gone from streaming and I'm not saying the PAS is wrong but what PAS has taught me is the fact that I need to load up on wide receiver running back earlier and then fill the tight end and quarterback because I know that we can stream them as opposed to running back and wide receiver are harder to stream so get the positions that are harder to find earlier and then fill my roster from downward and, and I think that's it. And I think the thing is, people kind of believe that, but never really know why. Yep. So I think for those, this is the real pure numbers that's telling you that you need to do it. Um, for those that still got a bit of doubt, um, I understand it. And, and, and one thing is, you don't have to draft a kicker or a DST. That's another thing. Unless you're in a league that forces you to draft those positions, you don't have to. If your draft is a few days before the season, I understand drafting those positions 110%. If you're drafting in July, I don't get it. You don't need to. Sometimes I do it just to do it. But ultimately, you don't have to draft a kicker or a DST. I, I'm in fans in dynasty leagues, which I hold one kicker, and I've dumped them um, for the extra roster spot to try and predict or try and see who is the next big guy. And I'll pick one up a week or two before the season. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you can are... pick one up the night before the Thursday night game, is there will be a kicker 100%. out there. And, and the difference between, I don't know, kicker 12 and kicker 1 is, I, I've not looked into it yet, and I, I think you might have or, or not sure, but the difference isn't big enough to make a difference, really. No, it, it really isn't. If you If you look at kicker statistics across the season, the leading kicker in... Uh, the leading kicker last year was Harrison Butker. He finished with 166 points. The kicker 12 um, was Chris Boswell. He finished 40 points behind, um, which sounds like quite a lot. When you break that on a points um, per game basis, it's it's around two and a half points a game. Which it's you'll knock really, out the park by streaming everybody else. Yeah, I, it's not a big... Uh, it's not a big points difference um, that, you could, that you can get. Um you're not going to get a huge advantage um, with a kicker. It, I, I get it if you pick up the kicker one, fine. I kind of half get it. DST, everyone's going to point to and go, oh, with well, the Patriots, they were one of the best defenses of all time. They were 60 points clear. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, they were. It's, it's called a statistical anomaly. That way, you know, I'm pretty much confident that will never happen again. If I take the DST2 and the DST12, DST2 was the Steelers, by the way, DST12 was the Buffalo Bills. Um, Buffalo Bills was someone who we said were a sneaky um, pickup this year, and, and they proved it. Um, the point difference, again, 43. Um, you're looking at a difference of uh, 2.7 fantasy points per game. doesn't, again, matter. Uh, on a point-per-point point basis, you're not, you know, people can say, oh, well, you know, I lost my week by one point-something points, and, and that's why. 
yeah, it's doubtful that, that, that they're not really going to be massive um, difference makers for you. So you can afford to not draft a kicker or, or a DST, um, one or the other or both. Um, I would say probably pick up a DST, but I, you know, either or, I don't think kickers overly have a massive place to, to move the needle. Um, so don't draft a kicker if you're drafting in July, beginning of August. Pick an extra guy. You never know. That guy might make your roster um, and you might end up cutting someone who you had high hopes for who gets injured or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's really all, you know, I'm finishing the series over the next few weeks. Um, tight end will be out Thursday. I think it's probably the most compelling read yet because I kind of work out what the cost of doing business is at the early tight ends. And you can insert quarterbacks and the logic is still the same. And if you've got any questions, just, just let me know. Because, you know, from what people have told me when they have filled this in or, or they've read it is there isn't anything like this out there um, that talks about streaming and the level of depth and, and putting strategy out there. Um, try some of it. It might be completely flat on its face. I don't have, I don't want to go back and do historical streaming data because that's looking at the hindsight of players that were successful. These were stream picks I picked week by week. So that's what I went with with the information for that week um, based on the 30% owned. And again, if you work on a waiver wire, that's, even more expensive you'll get better players um yeah i mean listen if you don't play in a sharps league then the chances are 30 percent is on the lower side of set player ownership and that's i think partly because people hold on to players for too long so other players aren't picked up as much and if you're not into your fantasy football as much as you i rush nation and people who play it a lot then your league isn't going to be as high as percentages. But if you play in a league with your friends who, you know, they don't listen to us and your, your percentages are higher, you've got more chance of picking these guys up. Uh, I'll tell you what we'll, we'll do is um, I think this is a good opportunity for us to maybe give something back as well. So I have a document with all my PAS working out some rankings and players. Now, the articles do have um, those charts in that break up and tell you where everyone's ranked from the articles that have been released so far and they'll have them for all of them but if you would like a hard copy i.e a spreadsheet with all of the calculations worked in and where all the players ranked in 2019 so that you can use and uh and have as tiers of draft guides if you send a donation to any form of nhs trust charity or anyone running some form of trust or charity for the nhs um anything from two quid up to whatever, just whatever you can afford to, to give to the NHS. If you send a screenshot of that donation to any NHS charity, trust, uh, whatever, um, at this stage, um, for any appeal, for anything, um, and you send a screenshot of that on Twitter to us, I will, and DM us your, your email address, I will email over the spreadsheet um, to, to that. I think it's the very least that we could do i could say look donate to our patreon page or whatever but actually i think at this time it'd be good to to do something for the nhs it's our way of, of, of giving a little bit back um so yeah any any small donation you can afford obviously the more the the better but as long as it's say two quid two five fifty something like that um you send that copy across email it uh just yes yeah, dms your email and the screenshot that you've donated and uh, i'll email over the the spreadsheet and you can look at all the data yourself and and you know work it all out etc and, and have it as a draft guide because that's kind of what it is it's a way of differentiating players in in the draft it's another tool it's another metric you can you can use to to help you draft better and to pick better players come draft season 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's not something we should just gloss over. I think it's something we should dive into more, you know, getting into the off-season. You know, maybe we can get into each position a little bit more in detail and, and, and work out the math and stuff and try and explain it even more because I think it is something that could be hugely impactful going into next draft season. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's definitely, I've had a hundred epiphany moments when looking at this uh, over and over again. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of data in there that's useful. So, um, but yeah, I'm happy to share it uh, as long as there's some form of donation to the NHS and uh, happy to, um, you know, talk about it, answer questions. If people want to send questions across, we can do a pause, we can do whatever. Um, happy to talk about it as much as possible especially come come the season i'm sure we'll find a way to package all of the articles together into one read we might even do that and see what we can get yeah man murph this has been a lot of fun buddy but i uh i think we should save some of the, the fire for thursday yeah definitely tune in thursday great guest uh really really top guy probably one of the most knowledgeable minds in in football um so i'm looking forward to having him on and um, plucking picking his brain and and uh uh, yeah, and he's also um, going to talk about uh, a guide that he's written, as I mentioned, 1,200 pages. Uh, by that, if you're uh, really into your fantasy football, you might know who this is. Um, but if not, we'll talk about it where you can get access to that information on, on the pod as well, because I, uh, I've i got it. It's it's fantastic. It's it, oh, I'm about 8 eight, 9% through, and I can't put it down. Uh, it's really, really, really good. Yes, sir. Uh, right, Rush Nation. Thursday is going to be an absolute banger. Don't forget to head over to NFL Store Europe. Use the code 5YardRush for 10% off your order. And also helmethouse.co.uk. If you fancy getting a signed lid, head over there. Same code, 5YardRush, 5% off your order. Also, head over to 5YardRush.co.uk. Check out all the articles and content that is going out there. Don't forget the to... Shop. And the shop. I was just going to say, I was going to say, don't forget to swing into the shop because, spoiler alert, Maybe not tonight because I've got formatting to do before Murph does his so I can get my article out first. It's not a race. We're one squad, one love, one team here. But yeah, if you get over to the shop, there might be some fresh stuff dropping tonight which you can get your hands on first. Just saying, Rush Nation. But Murph, this has been fun. Rush Nation, you all stay safe. Don't forget to wash those hands. Stay in. Protect the NHS or wherever you are in the world. Stay indoors. Let's get rid of this COVID. But until Thursday, Rush Nation, as always, don't forget, you keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.